Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the WellFit Lab podcast. It is your girl Shia Thousand here, your host, and today we are talking about how to practice self-care at work, some actions that will help you as we close out this month, which is Stress Awareness Month. And for the next two episodes, I'm going to be talking about self-care specifically because we're closing out Stress Awareness Month to then go into Mental Health Awareness Month. So I think a big part of us taking care of ourselves is practicing self-care. Self-care helps prevent stress. Self-care also helps your mental health. So next two episodes, we're going to be focusing on that. So grab a cup of tea and a pen and paper and join me in a lab. Hey guys, so as we talk about self-care in the workplace and ways to practice self-care in the workplace, I think it's really important that we focus on the fact that self-care can be done anywhere. Self-care does not only have to be at home. And I think that's a misconception. And I'd like to say even a myth about self-care that you have to be by yourself to do it and that it can only be done at home or that it's expensive. So let's debunk all those myths. Those are not true. Self-care can be practiced anywhere Self-care can be practiced with individuals. I call it social support. It's also called um, social wellness. And self-care can be free. Self-care does not have to be um, expensive. So I wanted to talk about this today. And I would like to say that most people would expect self-care to be something which takes place after workday is over. And self-care can be done during your workday, especially if you work from home. But even if you are returning to the workplace, it's important to build into your daily life practices that allow you to de-stress, to replenish, and to feel invigorated. Your workday should not be a place where you are just waiting for five o'clock to come so that you can escape the workday. So I want to encourage you today with some tips and some ways that you can take a self-care practice into your workplace. So think about this. What if you thought about self-care being something that you could do anywhere? How could it change your life? And then how could you implement it in your daily so that it can be practiced anywhere and it doesn't matter if you have the money or if you don't have the money or if you're alone or if you're with people. And if you're with people and you're experiencing stress, I encourage you to speak up about it, ask for support if you need it. And now let's dive into these tips. All right, so I would encourage you to get out more in the workplace. So if you are someone that normally takes your lunch at your desk, I encourage you not to. I want you to step away from your desk and really go for a walk around your campus, go for a walk outside your office, especially now that we are in spring. There's no barrier that's stopping you. The weather's not too terrible, so you should be able to go outside. If you have allergies, I encourage you to take some sort of allergy medication that would support you so that you could do it. A natural way to prevent allergies um, while you're outside is also um, having a teaspoon or a tablespoon of honey, which is localized honey pollinated from the same uh, flowers that would cause your allergies. So just think about that. But I want to encourage you to get outside your workplace and go see some nature. If you're having a rough day, being able to go and walk in nature can actually help decrease your stress it, and boost your creativity. It also allows you to feel more connected to the earth and your environment. 
Sometimes your best form of self-care is to get out for a while. If possible, take your breaks outside, go for short walks, breathe some fresh air. This will help restore your equilibrium and feel better about the rest of your day. I know that I take two walks every single day. I take a walk in the morning with my dog and I take a walk in the afternoon, um, evening time with my dog. And that's really for me a practice for the dog because he has to go outside, but also it helps set the tone for my day. So when I go for a walk with the dog in the morning, that lets my brain know, okay, we're about to get ready for the day. And then in the evening, that separates my at home work life to my then resting home life. So I'm not feeling like I'm working all the time. I have a designated area in my home for my work and I don't normally come into my designated area for my work if I'm not working. I do have an exercise bike in here every once in a while I'll come in here and do exercise but I do not make a habit of trying to come into this room if I don't need to be in this room. And I encourage you to do the same. Having designated spaces for your work and your life really does help break it up. And then creating practices throughout your day that can help let your brain know, okay, we're transitioning into the evening portion of our day and we're no longer working. Normally, that would be some people's commute. Everyone doesn't have that anymore. So how do you build that practice into your now work from home life? Okay, next, I want you to... Initiate some conversations. It doesn't matter what you're, what you're talking about, what's going on at work. Really take a few minutes and connect with people. I think that this is something that's a lost art. We spend so much time using our phones that we don't take enough time to connect with people and get to know them and also find out what motivates them. And it doesn't have to be transactional. I would encourage you not to have transactional conversations, seeing what you can get from a person or thinking about them trying to get something from you, purely make it about just getting to know them. And I think it's really important that when you take the time to get to know people in your workspace and you know what motivates them, you guys also feel a sense of connection. It helps build connection in the office place and everyone needs a work best friend. I brought this up last season on the podcast or even two seasons ago. And I think it's really important to have someone in your workplace that you're comfortable speaking with about whatever is challenging you in the workplace. And if that person is a friend and no longer a coworker, you might even be able to speak to them about what's challenging you outside of work. And this could be a helpful um, stress reliever. You guys could help each other bounce ideas. You could help um, ask for support if your workload becomes too much. That person could be like your go-to person and you for that person as well. So we all need to feel like we're not alone and building work friendships start in these conversations and they keep you feeling like you're not alone. And especially when you need that support and when you're coming to the end of your day and you feel like you're going down in your energy, that person can usually be the person to help pick you back up for the day. So I want to encourage you to initiate conversation and get to know your coworkers and then also find out what motivates them. Next thing. I'm going to ask that you ask for some stuff. And I already said ask for help um, if you need it. Ask for support if you need it. But I think that really people don't ask for enough support in the workplace. And sometimes we think that others will think that we can't manage our workload. But have you ever thought about the fact that your workload may be a bit abnormal? And 
if it's picking up and you realize that it's a lot, it's okay to ask for help. It's not a sign of weakness. It's actually actually a sign of strength to say, I need support in this area because if I'm going to be my best, I can't do that managing the workload that I'm currently managing. So please take some time and have conversations with your boss to speak about workloads, speak about you getting support. And maybe your team doesn't have the right amount of people on it. And if everyone just keeps taking on the additional work and no one ever has a conversation with your boss about it, your boss may think that this is okay and that you guys are all accepting of it. But if you start to ask for support and ask for help, they may go back and reevaluate and say, you know what, maybe we do need an additional person on the team to balance the workload. And honestly, it does not hurt to ask. I encourage that you ask as often as possible whenever there is a need, because the worst thing is to overcommit and underdeliver because you were afraid to ask for support. So I encourage you to not overcommit, underdeliver. You want to overdeliver on whatever it is, but don't overcommit and underdeliver. Self-care means actually advocating for yourself as well. A lot of us, when it comes to the workplace, don't realize that and we think we just have to take what people give us. And I call it being an active participant in your own life. You don't have to take what people give you. Advocating for yourself, be it in the workplace or in your personal life, is a form of self-care. It also helps you set a boundary because once you have a boundary and you communicate that boundary, others know where you stand. And then you're not spending the whole day feeling uncomfortable, wishing you had spoken up, or walking on eggshells because you're afraid to say something. You actually have shared it. You also want to do it in a professional manner. So I'm not saying just go off on people, but you really need to advocate for yourself in a professional manner. Let people know when you need support. Speak up about your boundaries and then hold people to those things in which you have already stated. So if you recognize that someone is crossing a boundary, let them know that this is the boundary. And if you've never shared it, say you're communicating it. And if you have shared it, just remind them of it. Sometimes people do need reminders. Now, if people regularly violate your boundaries, that's a completely different conversation. So doing these things is what helps you feel like your work is meaningful and fulfilling when you now have created boundaries in your workspace as well as ask for support because it also makes you feel seen and heard. It's different if you don't say anything and think that people are mind readers. They're not mind readers. And if you always say you can take on the extra work, no one knows that you are drowning in the extra work that you said that you could take on. So I encourage you to speak up and advocate for yourself today. And then next, I've said this a number of times, but a lot of the time we aren't drinking enough water. So we may be feeling kind of low in our energy and feeling foggy in our brain. And it's because we're not drinking enough water. Staying hydrated is one of the simplest forms of self-care, which is many times overlooked. And it's a matter of Just knowing that it affects your cognitive function, which in turn affects your work. If your brain is cloudy and you can't get your thoughts together, it's going to impact your work. Did you know 75% of Americans are chronically dehydrated? I can definitely raise my hand because I will work all day. I drink kombucha tea. I may have a cup of tea in the morning or I only drink coffee like twice a month now, but I don't normally drink a lot of water during the day. However... I am a huge drink water before bed person, so that's usually when I get my water in, but that doesn't work for everyone. And if you recognize that you're not thinking as clearly, think about the last time you've had a drink of water. 
It is a is it any wonder that self-care means drinking water throughout the day? Just having a bottle of water next to you could actually help you throughout your day and help you better care for yourself. If you're dehydrated, it's impacting other areas of your life and your brain and body function. So make sure that you are staying hydrated. I would encourage you next to make a game out of things. Like challenge your mind. I encourage you to Play some games. If you um, know that you like different types of games like Sudoku and things like that, when you're in your break, challenge your mind and play those games. If you have a little mini golf putting set in your office, do that. Those things help stimulate creativity and they do act as a form of self-care. So you can really just set a timer and maybe do that for about 15 minutes and see how many um, balls you can put in that 15 minutes. See how many Sudokus you can do in that 15 minutes. If you have a... um, I like to do those word puzzles where you have to like find the words. See how many of those you can do in 15 minutes. They help stimulate your creativity. They help you de-stress because now you're thinking about the thing you're doing and not what you were doing. And it's a known fact that when you step away from a problem, sometimes you find the answer. So I do want to encourage you to play a game and really invite some fun into your day as well as stimulate your creativity while you're at it. Why not? These are all forms of self-care. So I'm going to go through the list again. These are five different ways that you are able to self-care. So I want you to get out, go for a walk in the workplace. Then I want you to go um, initiate some conversations. Ask for help if you need it. Also, let people know what your boundaries are. Um, boundaries are, and then I want you to drink more water. Stay hydrated so that your cognitive function can be working at full capacity and your creativity can be stimulated at the same time. And then, lastly, bring some fun into your workplace. Play games. If you have a little putting green in your office, putt for 15 minutes, do a Sudoku, do the word squares. I even would say if you have like a little basketball hoop that you get like the dollar store and if you're like a sports fan, play a little game of um, hoops in your um, little cubicle, your office, whatever the case may be. I used to work in advertising and when I booked TV commercials, the team would always have to take clients out for lunch. After they took clients out for lunch, they would come back to the office and they would run through ideas while they threw footballs up and down our office. So my desk was to one side of the office and they would throw footballs on the other side of the office back and forth through this really long hallway that we had to each other. And by the time they were done, they had a plan for how they were going to pitch for this person. They had their creative juices flowing and they would work like a, a completely on another gear. I'd say like fifth gear. And I think everyone has that gear. You just got to figure out how you get there for yourself. I know emphatically that focusing on your self-care will definitely get you there to your fifth gear. So... Hopefully these tips have helped you today, bring some self-care into the workplace. And I wanna hear how you are currently self-caring. It's spring now. What are you doing to add or take away from your self-care routine during this time so that some people have different self-care routines for winter and spring, summer and fall. So what are you adding to your self-care routine during this time? Again, this is Stress Awareness Month. I want you guys to be really mindful of the stress you have in your life, how it's impacting your life, how it's impacting your body, and then what are some self-care ways that you can take care of that stress 
and make sure that you're connecting with people. Social support is an amazing way to care for yourself and feed that part of you that needs connection. All right. So hopefully these tips have helped. It is your girl Shia Thousand. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Well Fit Lab podcast. And until next time, bye-bye.